He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Migration is shaping New Zealand. Three out of every ten people living here were born overseas, and the rate has been accelerating. This week, Empire Day 1955, new citizens take the oath of allegiance to the Queen, Edward Gibbon Wakefield. Kia ora and welcome to Insight. I'm Philippa Tolley. Back when those recently arrived New Zealanders were being granted citizenship, the population stood at just over 2 million. Now it's close to 5 million. Journalists from RNZ's in-depth team have been exploring this upcoming population milestone and what it means for New Zealand and the people who live here. Most new New Zealanders find getting their citizenship a special moment. It certainly was 64 years ago when this ceremony was captured for the weekly Radio Digest. In a silence, broken only by the clicking of cameras, the candidates in turn presented themselves before the Mayor to make the oath which would complete their acceptance of New Zealand citizenship. But why are so many people wanting to come to New Zealand today? Immigration has been the biggest driver of New Zealand's population for the last five years. My own family has certainly added to that flow of arrivals. At festivities, after I'd married my Welsh husband, my father told guests that our family was made up of relationships across the northern and southern hemispheres. Both my father and I had brought spouses back from the UK, and my younger brother's wife is Romanian, but she had moved here to try something completely different. About 15 years ago, I attended my husband's citizenship ceremony at the town hall in Wellington. So I thought, where else to find out what attracts people to Aotearoa than at their own citizenship ceremonies, where I could ask, why choose New Zealand? Given our family record, I was on the hunt for a love story, and I was sure there were some out there. But today, the only story of romance being told at this ceremony in Henderson and West Auckland was one of being wooed by the land. Uh, I came for a surf trip nine, ten years ago. And I keep hoping for a love story. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, I love, I love of New Zealand is probably about the, about the love story you'll get from me. This is Daniel Turner, as you can hear, a Scotsman who found a reflection of his homeland in the South Pacific. Yeah, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with rural New Zealand and um, I'm from rural Scotland, so it's quite kindred, but a bit, bit better weather, though. So not so much rain. So, yeah, and... I, I kind of knew straight away that I just wanted to... I, I knew straight away that I wanted to stay here. Yeah, and the, the hills are similar. I thought the same when I hit Scotland. I thought, oh, yeah. this reminds me of home. Yeah, yeah, it does. New Zealand is a lot like Scotland. New Zealand's bigger. It's, everything's bigger, you know, like... The mountains are bigger. The, 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 it, everything just seems bigger in New Zealand. And I just... I just... I love it here. I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Daniel was awarded his certificate surrounded by dozens of fellow migrants, for the most part grinning broadly, and by the hundreds of friends and family who were there to take photos, hand out the hugs, and very possibly head out for post-event celebrations. In Wellington, those about to become the newest of New Zealanders are heading to a theatre in the National Museum to Papa. They received their certificate from the now former Mayor, Justin Lester. He greeted hundreds of new citizens every year, and yes, many told him romance had played a strong part in their decision to move here. 
Most people are very nervous. Uh, uh, a frequent refrain is they met the love of their lives overseas. Uh, sometimes uh, that it all didn't always work out well. Um, the relationship may have uh, discontinued, but they love, their love for New Zealand continued. I also reflect upon the enormous pride which is the new citizens have when they come across the stage. Uh, it's a big milestone in their life, and they bring this rich country from uh, their country to ours, and that's themselves. Um, and I think back to my own heritage, and my mother's family came from Ireland, and my father's, I believe, from Scotland, and what a daunting journey it must have been. In 1952, about the time my mother was arriving here from London, New Zealand's population had reached 2 million. And as Kim Dunstan, a senior demographer with Stats New Zealand, explains, while some people were moving, like my mother, they were the exception rather than the norm. At that time, about one out of every seven people in New Zealand were born overseas. And the increase from one to two million, about 80% of it was driven by natural increase, which is the difference between births and deaths. And under 20% actually came from net migration. So the picture then was very much whoever was living here, obviously having families, it was that natural increase. That indeed was the main driver of New Zealand's population growth over the 20th century. And it very much continued on this path until we hit 3 million in 1973, with most of the migrants coming from Britain or Europe, although in the 60s people started to arrive here from Pacific nations as New Zealand suffered a labour shortage. At times, it wasn't a question of people arriving in New Zealand – But how many were leaving, as huge numbers were heading offshore, especially to Australia, in the 1970s, 80s and 90s. But it was legislative changes in the 80s that had the most significant effect. Now, by the time we got to the 1990s and and the early 2000s, there had been a very significant change in uh, the Immigration Act uh, in 1987, and we were starting to see the increased importance of migration flows from Asia, uh, countries such as Korea, China, Taiwan, Hong Kong and Japan. So by the time we got to 2003 and that four million milestone, about one out of every five people living in New Zealand was actually born overseas. Of course, it's worth remembering that in the 1800s, at least half of New Zealand's population was born overseas. That's where my great-great-grandfather came to Nelson from Germany and where my great-grandfather, from another side of the family, arrived here from the Shetland Islands. Back to more recent times, and Kim Dunstan explains that about half the growth from four to five million, well, almost, will have come from net migration. And now the people who live here come from almost every country around the world. The main countries of birth are um, obviously New Zealand with 73%, but 10% of our population are born in Asian countries. um, And within Asia, 3% from China, 3% from India. Uh, One in every 100 New Zealanders was born in the Philippines and one in every 100 in Korea. Europe is the birthplace for eight out of every 100 New Zealanders. Two in every 100 New Zealanders are born in Africa and the Middle East, uh, principally from South Africa. Uh, One in every 100 New Zealanders is born in the Americas, uh, and it's, it's mainly from the USA. And five in 100 New Zealanders are born in other Pacific countries, Virtually every country across the globe is represented in New Zealand's population. 
But why choose a country so far away from the previous home of so many new citizens? For former Mayor Justin Lester, what had previously been a downside is now a positive advantage. Yeah, we're lucky. We're, um, we're removed from the rest of the world. Uh, we're far off from a Trumpian dystopia in America or even a situation of Brexit in the United Kingdom. People can come down here and forget a little bit about the rest of the world. Uh, so that, I guess that's one, one lasting advantage that New Zealand uh, will always have. We used to suffer, we believe, from the tyranny of distance. Now it's actually becoming a virtue. He's hugely enthusiastic about the diversity new citizens bring to the capital, but is also aware of the obligations to ensure they get respect and a warm welcome, especially after the attacks in Christchurch. And then it was inside and the welcome started. I'm eternally grateful you've chosen Wellington as your home. Wellington's a remarkable city. Two-thirds of our citizens here aren't born here in Wellington. They were born either overseas or in another part of New Zealand. We're a place that's very welcoming and we accept and embrace our new cultures. Then the serious part begins, the oath-taking, with just a little help from a child on the floor. I'll say I and please say your names. I... Well done. Swear that I'll be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Then, one by one, or family by family, our new New Zealanders cross the stage for a handshake and to receive their certificates. Matarina's mother and father, like so many parents before, decided the family would have a better shot at life if they moved to a bigger metropolitan country. And now with her daughter, Therese, watching on, she's become a New Zealand citizen. I'm from the Pacific Islands of Kiribati, so it's a very small island um, in the Pacific, somewhere on, right on the equator. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> Why did your parents move here in the first place? The main, one of the main reasons was to give us better opportunities. Um, I think they didn't mind living there, but I think they thought we would be better off if we lived, lived in New Zealand and had better educational outcomes, health outcomes and all of that. So yeah, I think that was one of the main sort of motivations behind coming here. And so you were obviously a whole lot younger when, when you came here. What was the most difficult thing when you came from Kiribati? I mean, it's a big change in lifestyle, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was really difficult, actually. I, I sort of still remember how difficult it was to um, get used to the lifestyle. It's a very sort of really big contrast living in a, in a really small island where everyone's the same culture and then you come here where everything's really different, different norms, different expectations, and I just didn't know how to transition into New Zealand at first but yeah I'm there. What are you excited about for the future? Um, travel opportunities. <laughs> Can I say that? You've only just got your citizenship. <laughs> I, I know, but like, you know, it's easier now to travel. I can go. I, I didn't have to get a visa for everything. <laughs> Those opportunities are something that are mentioned again and again. They're top of the list for Aldara Lesade, whose family moved here from Chile five years ago. And while she talks of now being at home and of her friends, there is the challenge of swapping into English. Sometimes I feel that I cannot fully communicate like as I want to. 
but that's something that's going to change in the time. But yeah, that's one of the most things that I'm very aware, you know, and maybe like, you know, the cultural shock that we have between New Zealanders and well, Latinos. You know, we are so like we feel everything, and here sometimes I feel like. I'm a weirdo. Are we a bit reserved? Yes, a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, some. <laughs> but I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> and the best thing about living here? Oh, uh, how do you say this? Like, in New Zealand I feel so secure. That's something that you cannot buy. I mean, walking freely, going home and feeling safe is something that, well, I wish a lot of people could have that. And in New Zealand I feel like in that way, like safe. You know? Fear of persecution in their original home country makes New Zealand very attractive for those who fear for their safety. Rio Tan is a young man whose parents moved here from Indonesia when he was three. He's now in his early 20s. He's never been back to his home in the city of Tanjong Pinang in Indonesia's Rao Islands. His family belonged to a minority under threat from bigger communities there. And they chose New Zealand over Australia as they were more certain of a warm welcome. We're pretty good. Yeah, people people treat each other pretty good here compared to Australia. I don't know, you hear those horror stories of people going to Australia and getting abused by the Australians. But it appears New Zealanders could do better at helping people feel like they belong. Why decide to take up citizenship? Um, I guess it's just um, kind of a status thing. So, like, kind of to prove that I'm a New Zealander, you kind of need citizenship in a way. That's how I feel, because people still look at you as saying you're Asian, you might not, you know, speak English and all that. So, mm. All of that's obviously not true, but that sounds yeah. a bit sad, really. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a status symbol type of thing. Eh? It's just easier to do, like, stuff eh? with a New Zealand passport, obviously. And while this country still has work to do, our openness to people moving here means we now have migrant flows that Paul Spoonley of Massey University describes as the most significant in the OECD, probably. Many countries within the OECD struggle with migration. So if you look at the politics of Europe, then you'll see quite a strong populist groundswell which sees migrants as a threat in some way. But there are some countries, Australia, Canada the USA, New Zealand, Israel, which are defined as the classic migration-receiving countries. And each of the three countries is typically targeted about 1% of its total population as its annual net gain. But in the last five years, New Zealand's net gain has been running at about 1.5% of its total population, much higher than the net gain that you would see in either Canada or Australia. I'm Philippa Tolley, and you're listening to an RNZ Insight programme asking new citizens why they chose New Zealand. A distinguished professor, Paul Spoonley, is an expert on migration and has repeatedly surveyed migrants, asking very similar questions to the one I've been asking, why New Zealand? The findings have been consistent. The environment, education, and that point already mentioned by two of our newly minted New Zealanders, safety. These answers certainly sound positive, but in reality, do a lot of people settle here because they haven't been successful elsewhere? If you'd asked me that question 10 or 20 years ago, I would have probably said yes. But I think in the last few years, and leaving aside the 15th of March this year, which has made a major dent on our reputation internationally, we are seen as a country which is welcoming 
uh, which is significantly less racist than Australia, by the way, and which is a country that people want to go and live in because of the quality of the lifestyle. So I think, I think those answers are genuine and that we are seeing people identifying New Zealand as a place that they want to come to and live in and in particular bring their children up in. While a number at these ceremonies do seem to take the occasion with a pinch of salt, for Deepak Nair, a young man from Mumbai in India, the day was full of great significance. There are some things that you can't just buy. You have to achieve it. And I've been here for some time and I think I've paid my dues and I want to contribute more to the society here. And I think I can do that only by being a citizen, which I recently realised, hence I became a citizen. Deepak followed his wife, Dipti Vengali, who came here to study. He studied applied management and human resources and is now studying political science at Victoria University. He's been working towards this permanent status for nine years, and not all of that time has been easy. From days that I've worked so long hours and studies obviously take a toll on you and personal relationships are tested and there are language barriers, there are... There are new people, there are new relationships and so many interesting experiences that come by every day. Small things like clean air or clean water or the amount of sacrifice that was made to achieve where we are here as humanity, as Kiwis. Um, I am grateful for every single one of those, every single day. And like so many others, he's quick to speak about how nice New Zealanders are. But then again, it might be difficult to say anything else to the Kiwi in front of him asking questions. Definitely, 100%. People here are the nicest people that I have encountered, even though I don't really have a huge frame of reference. But if... People behave like Kiwis everywhere in the world. We would be a bit more peaceful. And a lot of people come here and they study here and it's very useful to get a citizenship, but they maybe might head off somewhere else. Can you see this as being your home forever? Yes, 100%. I am going to die here. Uh, Preferably in Queenstown. And not for a very long time, hopefully. No, no, hopefully not. Or, or Queenstown or Picton, I've decided on that. But, um, yeah, I want to be here and not just New Zealand. I love Wellington through and through. Deepak has his eyes firmly on the future and the role he wants to play. I am going to join politics eventually. I mean, maybe policy making or security or somehow because there are qualified people in New Zealand who do contribute very productively, but people in power are very frivolous. They have no real long-term engagement. But the importance of that other point that came up in Paul Spoonley's surveys, the environment, was on the mind of several who've chosen to make New Zealand home, especially Ophela O'Brien, who told me how climate change and the effect it's having on his home island drove him towards a new future here. The island called Tuvalu is uh, is prepared to sink, you know. And that's why I I run over here. And why did you decide to become a citizen rather than just a permanent uh, resident? We because of the uh, 
uh, too, the land is too small to survive. I want to come and extend my family over here and look for the, a future. Back to those choosing life in New Zealand. If it's not love or basic individual safety, then employment is often the draw card. We really wanted a better life for them, a more outdoor life. Um, my husband had the opportunity to work here in the New Zealand Air Force, so we took the opportunity 14 years ago and we've never looked back really. So for Helen Fordham's family, the first job for her husband worked out well. But as everyone shuffled about at the Henderson occasion, meeting up with family or friends, she explained that first, as for so many other new New Zealanders, there were work barriers to overcome for her. I was an an early childhood teacher in the UK, but I didn't have the right qualifications. So when I came here, I wanted to work, but I had to get a degree first before I could work here. So that was challenging, but also turned out to be a very good thing for us as well. And also, you know, there's a real turn of distance, isn't it? You know, from the UK to here, you really couldn't be further apart, could you? No, definitely not. And my parents are older now as well, and my father's not in very good health. So for, for me, you feel the distance when things are happening at home and you want to be there for them. But I'm also, you know, caught between I've got my family and my life here and my other family there, so I feel a constant pull in two directions and like you say it's a 24-hour flight home so if anything happens I can't be there immediately so that's quite yeah challenging. Phones ring as people track down where everyone is in the slight post-event confusion but there's no uncertainty in Helen's mind. She's convinced New Zealand is now home despite the pull of family and friends across the hemispheres. Yeah, um, my husband and I went home um, a couple of months ago and um, it just, we didn't fit in anymore, you know. Being, we've almost become Kiwi really, so for us it's, yeah, no, there's no going back. Our children are here, our lives here, our jobs are here, so we'll be here forever. Helen and her daughter Ruby are the last in their family to get citizenship. Ruby has an older sister Amber who got her New Zealand passport earlier as she was representing this country in rowing. And sport is definitely another factor in drawing people down under. Raj Belakia already knows several parts of New Zealand well. Nine years ago he came here to study hospitality in New Plymouth. Then he worked in Taupo and now he's at Sky City as a restaurant manager. But it was cricket that turns his sights from Gujarat in India to the home of the Black Caps. I used to watch cricket a lot and I used to love New Zealand cricket team and I heard a lot. Why not England or South Africa? No, no. <laughs> because um, since the cricket time I used to see the New Zealand people, New Zealand country is very generous and very calm, never have any issues like other countries have some controversial issues and I always heard great things about New Zealand and I had some uh, imaginations about New Zealand, like Switzerland sort of thing. So I obviously love Switzerland, but... Um, it's uh, not quite so cold here. Yeah, it's not that as cold as Switzerland, yeah. But it was really, uh, really nice to have uh, been here, yeah. While Kiwis aren't perfect in their attitudes towards newcomers, Massey University's migrant expert Paul Spoonley explains that New Zealanders are, in the most part, pretty keen to have them. When you look at the international polling which is quite similar around the world, 
when you look at questions about whether or not migrants add to a country in various ways, then in New Zealand, somewhere between 60 to 70% of those who are polled say migrants do add to the economy or the culture or the, um, the way of life of a country in positive ways. If you ask that same question in many parts of Europe, you would probably get 20 to 25%, possibly 30% of responses which are positive, the negative responses are much larger. So there is a group in New Zealand who are very anxious about migration. My own um, estimation is that that's probably around 12 to 15% of the population in New Zealand, but there's a much larger group who see migration as being positive and then there's a group in the middle who are, don't feel strongly one way or the other. June Paraoni from the Philippines was fizzing with excitement, flaunting her citizenship certificate and beaming from ear to ear as she officially became a new New Zealander. Well, it's really important for me to be a New Zealand citizen, first off, because um, I consider this place as my home. Um, I've lived here for like seven years and I work as a neonatal intensive care nurse. So I've worked with a lot of um, babies and um, I'm looking after small babies, premature babies, who's mostly Kiwi as well. Uh, I, I have been to very beautiful places here in New Zealand too, so I learned to love New Zealand. New Zealand is a beautiful place to live. So skills such as yours, they're in high demand in lots of places around the world, and there are lots of beautiful countries as well. Yeah. So why did you choose New Zealand? Was it was it the top of your list, or what did it... Did you try for a number of countries before you settled no, on New Zealand? No, I did not. I did not. Um, New Zealand is actually the top of my list. My friends have been here and they told me about a lot of wonderful things about New Zealand. And I got encouraged as well. And um, to, with, with the research that I've done as well, um, I realized that New Zealand is one of the um, very uh, peaceful country. So that's actually the number one. Skills like being a specialist neonatal nurse are the sort this country welcomes with open arms, and the demand for migrants with such training is predicted to increase. But what is likely to change is New Zealand's ability to compete with the rest of the world in attracting such migrants. Paul Spoonley is warning the skills, labour and international connections provided by those coming from overseas could be harder to get in the future. So I think we're going to face a lot more competition for those uh, that skilled international skilled migration pool. And I also think it's going to be compounded by the demographic challenge that China is facing. China's not going to be able to allow its skilled um, population to move to a country like New Zealand in the future. They are going to want to retain those skills in the country because they, are, they too are facing their own demographic challenges. So it's going to get much tougher to get migrants, and particularly skilled migrants. In Henderson, the afternoon event is winding up, and the shiny, brand-new New Zealanders are heading back out into the community and the suburbs they now call home. You 
can listen, read and watch more from Now We Are Five about the changing face of Aotearoa at rnz.co.nz forward slash 5 million. If you'd like to podcast other Insight programs, you can head to Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe and like us to make sure others get to know about our programs. Or you can head to the Insight page on the RNZ website, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Next week on Insight, RNZ's education correspondent John Gerritsen investigates the price of education as school funding goes through a major overhaul that will abolish donations in many schools and do away with the decile system. I'm Philippa Tolley, and that's all from Insight for today. Great to have you listening, and do join us again next time. Listener.